0: Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope that you are doing wonderful today. I hope that you've had a good week thus far. Oh my God, Kate, today we are talking about aesthetic self-love. Okay, first and foremost, like how do you feel when I say this word? I know my like previous self, like me, probably six, seven years ago. I probably would have like rolled my eyes and been like, ah, like, what is this like authentic self-love? I so don't connect with that word. And me today is like full embodiment with it, like really pumped about this conversation. But I wanted to check in with you to see how you feel about it. And if you're like my past self where you're like, ugh, just this word, this may actually be the podcast for you because we're actually going to talk about the myth behind what it, it actually is, maybe why it's really hard for us to access Self love, um, and really talking about what are those steps that we can do. I think it's going to be a really cool podcast for you to listen to. And if you are already all in it, I think you're going to love this one. I'm so stoked. We have Alexandra Carter, who is used to actually be a professional actress turned wellness coach, and she's now a certified eating counselor. And she has had her own struggles with body image, self acceptance, dieting, and all of the things, especially being an actress and in that world. And one day she kind of figured out that she's like, oh my goodness, I'm spending so much time doing all of this that I want to do something different and she started to do her own work in healing, and now she is helping other people do the same things. I am so pumped to have her on the podcast today to talk about these subjects that are so, so very important, and I hope that you're going to enjoy the podcast too. Before we get into it, if you have 63 seconds to go on your podcast app and rate and review this podcast, it would mean so, so much to me. We are actually over 30, Thousand downloads right now on the podcast. And I'm so excited because this means that we are getting a bigger impact. So if you want to be part of this, please, please, please take a few moments to go leave us a review. It really helps us spread out the word. On that note, my friends, I hope that you're going to enjoy this podcast episode. everyone. Welcome back to the Balanced Dietitian podcast. I'm so pumped, Alexandra, that you're here with us today. Hello, hello. Hello. Thanks, Marie. I'm really excited to be here. Me too. This is our second time trying to record because the first time I was not (laughs) feeling good and I, I tried to show up and it didn't work. So here we are. I'm really excited that we get to do this again today. Yes, me too. Second time's the charm. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, before we get into this topic, which I think is going to be a really good one, um, do you want to tell us maybe a little bit about you, who you are, and
1: what got you to do the work that you do today? Yeah, absolutely. So I am an intuitive eating counselor and a health and well-being coach, um, but I actually started my professional career or my professional, I don't know, adult life as an actor. Um, No way! (laughs) Yeah, I spent mostly musical theater and stage stuff. I spent 10 years working around the world, honestly, um, doing shows. And I think slowly over the course of, honestly, my whole life, but especially my adult life, I started to see this disparity where amazing, dynamic, talented, you know, vibrant people that I knew spent all their time and energy and money whittling away at themselves. Mm. And I really just was disturbed by that. And then eventually was able to turn the mirror and see it happening in myself as well. And, And just really shocked to see that we spend so much time and energy and money not thinking we're good enough. When, from an outsider's perspective, you know, everybody I've come across in my life is, is remarkable and is amazing. and is so unique. And so I did a lot of healing on my own. I, you know, worked with intuitive eating professionals. I, you know, worked with therapists and I did all of this body image healing. And when I crossed that threshold to the other side and I got to see the freedom and the peace and the balance, but also the. Brain space and the heart space that I had gained to really lean into living, I was like, oh, this is amazing. I have to share this with other people. And so then, you know, I dove into my own research and my own certifications and all of that and started my own business. And here I am. And I think I just feel so passionate about helping people, you know, ditch diet culture and move past that to become the people that they were meant to be like fully embodying who they are. Um, so yeah, I think that's a little about me. (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, I love that so much. It makes me think of the quote from Naomi Wolf. I don't know if you've heard it, like a culture fixated on female thinness is an is not an obsession with female beauty, but an obsession with the female obedience. Like dieting is the most potent political sedative. I'm like, Truly, yeah. like when we diet, like it's such like our, our light is so dim that we can't actually show up the way that we want to. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. And do you
0: remember like a moment that you were like, oh, my God, like I'm spending way too much time and energy on this. Like Was it a click moment or was it just kind of like over time that you kind of were like, wait, this doesn't serve me anymore?
1: Yeah, Um. I think over time I started to see it in other people, but there was definitely a click moment for me and myself. Um, as an actor you do there's like contract work so I would go somewhere I would do a show and then I would come back my husband and I at the time were based in New York City um, and a contract of mine that I was on ended I came back home and I didn't have any work lined up afterwards like I was back to auditioning and back to all of that and it was kind of the first time in a long time that I didn't have another gig lined up right after and so I had this moment where I was at home like not working and i sort of got to sit with myself for the first time in forever instead of you know playing a character or learning dances or you know all of that and i got to say oh my gosh i'm so uncomfortable in my own skin what is that about why am i why do i feel like i would prefer to crawl out of my own skin than like be myself right now and and so that really was the moment that i was like oh something's wrong here. This isn't supposed to be this way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a weird
0: feeling too. Right. Cause when we are dieting, it, it's kind of like that, that solution to that icky yeah. feeling, like it makes us feel like we're doing something about it, or we're so restrictive and obsessed with food and body that we don't have the time to actually process, like, wait a minute, like, why am I doing all of this? Cause it's also so we're normalized. So yeah. I remember for me, one of the biggest moments was like I used to write everything on Excel spreadsheet, like weighing my spinach oh, wow. and putting the numbers on Excel, wow. and my computer crashed, and I couldn't do that that day, and I I felt so lost, and I was like, what mm-hmm. am I doing? And I was mm-hmm. like, wait, why do I need to know how much spinach I'm inhaling today? Like this is yeah. insane, but
1: yeah. It's so super. super.
0: But okay. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I'm sure that a lot of people listening can also relate to this piece of how much diet culture has taken over them, Mm -hmm. which I think is kind of hard because it becomes kind of part of our identity. But today we wanted to talk about authentic self-love. And I feel like when I first like read the authentic self-love, I was like, feels like a fucking mountain. (laughs) How can we talk about this? So I'd love for you to first like explain to us and define like what does authentic self-love mean to you?
1: Yeah, I really love and appreciate this question. Um, To me, authentic self-love is not that like head over heels love that we think of when we think of love. I think it's actually more powerful than that. I think that authentic self-love is a choice in a moment and it's a choice to act with love and by that I mean with care and respect towards yourself. You know, like any loving relationship, self-love takes work and practice and care and trust building and um communication and all of those things that make any loving relationship functional, you don't just wake up one day, flip a switch and say, I'm in love with myself or I love myself. Um, It's something that is practiced and intentional and really Mm -hmm. built over time. So I think when I talk about authentic self-love, I don't mean, you know, like the catchphrase, I don't mean bath bombs and spa days. Those are wonderful And a really great way of showing yourself love sometimes, but I think practicing self-love is about choosing to act with respect towards yourself, especially when it feels hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to think like, it feels
0: so opposite to what diet culture teaches us. Like, yeah. I think for a lot of us who've been stuck in diet culture for years, it's kind of the opposite. Like it feels like love needs to be earned and it needs to be earned by having a thin body. And only then will you be lovable and mm. you should always strive to be better because we're not enough, which is pretty opposite from yeah. the way you speak about it. I'm wondering, like, what would be those maybe first steps, like for someone who may be stuck in this piece of like, I don't even know where to start when we're thinking about love, or I don't even know if I deserve to be loved where I am right now. Because, again, we've been taught all this BS from diet culture, like what would those like maybe first step look like? Or what's the first like, yeah, how do we start climbing that
1: mountain? Yeah, I think that's such a that's that's so important, because it does it is like a mountain. I think that was such a great way to put it. Um, you know, I sort of, my brain went in two directions when you asked me that (laughs) the first direction it went in is I think we're so used to, especially with the, with diet culture, we're so used to trying to control everything and to keep it like, like white knuckling our way through it. So Mm -hmm. I think that's like, a you know it's that sort of zoom out and how can i how can i keep everything contained in my you know arms or on my shoulders where i think practicing authentic self love is actually about like zooming all the way in as far in as you can and doing the smallest kindest thing for yourself like what is the absolute smallest thing you can do for yourself in that moment out of care or compassion and then you know, and then what's the next thing? And what's the next thing? and letting it build on build on itself in that like very intentional, very, you know, small, maybe um, minute feeling way. but in reality, like each small thing you do for yourself builds and builds and builds until all of a sudden you've been kind to yourself. And that's mm-hmm. pretty powerful. Um, the other thing that I was gonna say is, I think that, one of the first steps you can do is recognizing, becoming aware of when you're judging yourself and really replacing that with curiosity. Asking questions instead of passing judgment can be so powerful, especially in your own brain. So I think those are my two like main practical steps and they're still hard. (laughs) Right. I love that. But I think like
0: those are really amazing first steps of like when the building of awareness of like, Mm -hmm. when am I actually not being loving towards myself? And what does that look like? And being more curious instead of like shaming ourselves more, but also like, what's the one thing I can do that's kinder. One of my clients is like, I want to like shout her out because she would (laughs) always say that to me. She's like, I can't do all of this, but the one kinder thing Mm. I can do is this. Like what's the one thing that's like, maybe a 1% nicer to myself. I'm like, you know what? 1% builds to a hundred. Like that's wonderful.
1: Um, I really
0: love that. I actually have two ah, uh, these might be hard questions. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I'm here but for. I feel like this is where this conversation is at. Because one of the questions that I have, and I'm trying to think about my the people who are listening to this who are like, self-love sounds wonderful, but it's also kind of really foreign. Uh-huh. But what happens if you're like you feel so uncomfortable in your body? Uh-huh. You know, like, and it can be that you you live in a larger body that like society is not very loving to, like. Uh-huh how does that work together like how do we can how can we start building on self love when our body is maybe something that we don't love right now maybe this and that's that actually just really hard for us to to be in right now
1: yeah um i think first of all you know validating and sending compassion because that is a real experience and that is you know a valid way to feel you don't some of us love isn't possible and maybe it will never be possible and that's okay that doesn't make you wrong that doesn't make you you know invalid um that's it's i think it's important to give yourself that grace and recognize that the way you feel is important and 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 um yeah, valid. I feel like I can't come up with a better word other than like, so, so very valid. Um, And then I think, you know, what I would say is, and I know this is like getting a little bit into semantics, but when I, when I say that authentic self-love is choosing to act with respect, I really mean that, that, that it doesn't mean you have to love yourself. And it doesn't mean that you have to even show yourself love, but it does mean that you deserve respect in all situations from yourself too, because I think sometimes our brains can be the most disrespectful places. Um, so I think that that maybe if if self-love feels like a triggering sort of concept, maybe it's that self-acceptance or it's even just that neutral sort of Self respect that doesn't have to be loving, it doesn't have to be accepting, but it can be honoring who you are as a person because you're more than a body and you are a human being that is deserving of respect. Yeah,
0: and I I love that. I love breaking it down from like love doesn't need to be the end goal, it can also Mm -hmm. be we take the steps, and then also kind of I don't know how you view this as well of like. When we think of like self-love, our body is maybe like one component of it. Too, yeah. Right. And it's also okay to not love our body. Like I can imagine mm-hmm. that we all have people in our life that we love, that we don't like all of the things <laughs> about them. Yes. <laughs> right. So be like I can I can work towards a loving relationship with myself, which is more than just my body, which is me as a person. And then my body's part of it. And we can do some work there, but maybe the goal is not to absolutely love everything about your body.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and there's no need to. I love that I love that analogy you made with people in our lives like there are definitely people that you love by relation or by like default not necessarily yeah. because you love who they are and that's okay, but you still treat them respectfully kindly yeah. you know all of those things and and I think that it doesn't love is so, so much more of a complex thing than just, you know, I'm in love with myself or with this person or with, you know, whatever you're in love with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that so much. And another question that I have is that I know for, for a lot of folks who are maybe stuck in diet culture, or maybe part of you is still there, or maybe people in your life are there may have the feeling of, and I don't know if you've heard this, like, I feel like I've heard this all of the time. Like loving yourself is like taking care of yourself and like actually dieting and like fitness is the best way to take, to love yourself.
1: Yes. Yes. How could we like, maybe, um, debunk that a little bit? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's such, I literally just, you know, scrolling on social media. I just read something like, you know, about this the other day or someone that was like, you know, working out is my self love. And, fine that's fine to each their own i'm not trying to throw any shade to anyone yes and exactly (laughs) um but i think it's worth sort of switching that lens a little bit and and i say this a lot but self-control is not self-care and the same is true about self-love love is not controlling or punishing or manipulative or bullying And that is what diet culture and dieting preach to us, is to push and force and control. And so you can't judge or hate yourself into loving yourself. Um, And so again, like, obviously, to each their own, no one is wrong, do what works for you. But I think it's worth sort of, again, turning that curiosity inward and saying, diet culture prioritizes unattainable standards it praises self-punishment and restriction and oppresses people for their bodies it's incredibly difficult to authentically show yourself that loving respect that acceptance in that system and so again like without judgment but curiously figuring out how to, because I can, I guess I can imagine that someone that is feeling like all of these diet culture related things are their version of self-love. It must feel like such a tug of war because you want that self-love, but you're trying to get it in a way that is so unloving I don't know if that's a word Unloving?
0: <laughs> loving we'll use it we'll use okay it.
1: perfect approved, um, approved. <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> um so I think that really recognizing that again love means supporting working with um communicating uplifting not those you know punishing yeah. sides of it Um, and, and so I guess that's kind of my debunk is, is that really love? Can you really call control care? Yeah,
0: I, I really, I love the way that you explain that. Like, I think a lot of it has to do with the intent and the motivation behind why we do what we do. If I work out every day because I hate my body and I feel it's the worst and I feel like it needs to be different and I'm injured, but I do it anyways. I'm not well rested, but I push myself because I have to. That is not love. No. I move my body because I care for my body and it feels good and it helps me re- reduce my stress and it helps me have better sleep. And I feel happy when I do it, but I listen to my body and I'm mindful with it. That is super caring. So I think yeah. it's like less the behavior, but the intent behind the behavior, which is so different in diet culture, because man, in diet culture, I feel like the intent is often, often, often coming from a place of punishment and shame. Yeah. It's never really from a place of like you for your best care per se. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm just stopping this podcast to let you know about the empowered eating course. If you are ready to ditch diet culture for good, if you're ready to feel empowered, like literally be dropped anywhere in the world, not have anything to follow and still know how to nourish your body and feel so confident around food this may be the place for you. So in this self-paced course, you're going to learn about intuitive eating, how to become an intuitive eater. You're going to learn about emotional eating, so how we can manage our emotions differently and how we can be an empowered eater for life. This course is so, so good, and I'm so excited to be inviting you in it. And on top of it, it is a lower cost course because it is is space. So access is everything, and I hope that you're gonna be able to join, enjoy, and really become an empowered eater. If you're really ready to stop dieting, to stop feeling crappy about food all the time and guilty around food, this is the place for you. So you can go to www.thebouncepractice.com forward slash EEC for Empowered Eating Course. Um, Or the link will also be in the show note for you. And I hope that I get to see you in there. You are so deserving of feeling empowered with food. All right, let's get back to the episode. Um, And I wanted to add here, because I I, literally what popped into my mind was one of my clients inside the balance program who were letting go of all the food rules, all of the things. And then there's a honeymoon period where they are maybe, um, you know, eating more of their fun foods, where maybe there's less nutritious foods that come in because we're excited that we get to eat these foods. And then we hit a place where she's like, but now I'm not taking care of myself because look what I'm doing look what happens when I don't diet, like this honeymoon phase. I just wanted to speak to that because I think, um, I think it'd be relevant to a lot of people of like the process to be able to let go of diet culture and the process in order to have that type of self-love, it's okay that there's going to be different phases and, Mm -hmm. That phase in particular, like if you find yourself like maybe having an aversion to vegetables because you threw them down your throat, threw them down your throat, you force yourself to eat it for years, or maybe exercise, or maybe all you want is fuzzy peaches for like Mm -hmm. every day. Like it is okay that as well. It's I think it's like acceptance of the phases in which we're at, which kind of falls into that self-love of like, I'm not judging myself for this, I'm allowing myself to go through the
1: process. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know it's like it's kind of like it made what you were saying made me think of like a pendulum. Like when you've yeah. been so far one way for your whole life, you have to swing the other way to find that middle ground again. Like, yeah. Oh,
0: go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, yes, I'm just like yes, because I think like we're so quick to judge ourselves yeah. and be like, well, this I have to go back to diet culture because yeah. look what I do. Like I'm not acting in a self love way if I don't have those rules but it's Mm -hmm. sometimes just kind of like well what if yeah like you said like what if this is the result of all the restriction like what if we were able to find that middle ground like I mm, I really really love that
1: yeah also it makes me think of in the book Body Kindness by Rebecca Scritchfield um she talks about how health is a pattern not a rule and so I think like so often diet culture makes us feel like the like each meal has to be perfect and each day has to be perfect and if we you know quote unquote fall off the wagon for a week we've destroyed our health it's that all or nothing thinking when in reality like the goal I think is a a life of a, a long life of like authentic health and well-being and so you know, recognizing that, that honeymoon phase is just a phase and, and that's not destroying your health. Mm -hmm. It's just your body balancing itself back out. And, and, and the goal is to over your lifetime achieve that balance, not just, you know, in the week or the month or the year that this phase goes on for. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I like that so much. I love that so, so much. I'd love to talk about maybe like what are the myths about self-love? Like what oh. ties to tells us about self-love? Like there's a lot of like, we can talk about the body positive things, like the things that yeah. we talk about of like, wait, what is actually not what we're aiming for? But could we tell a little bit about like, maybe what like social media or media in general tells us about self-love and maybe some of the myths that are there?
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, the sort of what I had mentioned in passing before, I think a lot of times media me, or the media or, you know, just what we expect self-love to be is like grand gestures and very performative, like having the perfect morning routine or, you know, having, I don't know, a spa day or, you know, getting your nails done or, you know, all of these very performative um external gestures that uh, are less about like taking care of yourself from the inside out. Um, so I think that that is one of the biggest myths I come across in people's understanding of self-love because I think that that kind of stuff can can be can make people really uncomfortable because again, it's about perfection and image, not like actually caring and loving on yourself. Um, and I think it also can feel really selfish. I think one of the biggest myths that people come to me with is that self love is a selfish thing. Like I don't have the time to spend on myself because I have so many other places that I need and, and taking time for myself would be selfish. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that it's that, like to that, you know, often I say, you know, it, it may sound corny, but it's that phrase, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. And taking care of yourself is actually a really powerful move in terms of the more you respect and love and accept yourself, the more you can respect and love and accept other people, the more that can like ripple outward into the world around you. And you can, you know, be a member of society that is fully themselves. You know, it's all of those things that we've been talking about but they do ripple outward and it starts from within. Um, And then I love what you said uh, about the myth of self-love and body positivity. You know, I think a lot of times it gets construed with loving the way you look um, or, you know, loving your physical body I think that it's so much deeper than that and it's like you said before accepting and maybe loving our bodies is like one I don't know one tiny 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 little percent of the pic- the whole picture of self-love like if you think maybe it's like a 5,000 piece puzzle and it's one piece the rest of it is like all the other pieces are are all of the other pieces of each of us as a human being like we're dynamic we're so much more our bodies are just the you know i was gonna say ziploc bags that hold us
0: <laughs> but i think that's weird i love it yeah we all be calling like an earth suit it's like your costume it's like yes. your, your <laughs> Yeah, that's a very like vivid photo in my head right now
1: zip it up. Yeah. Um <laughs> but you know, I think that so focusing self-love only on loving your body leaves so much left un unloved or unaddressed and it makes it this really shallow surface sort of process just like those grand gestures and all of those things I was talking about before. It doesn't give you that deeper, more meaningful love. It's like, it's like any loving relationship. If we loved someone only because of the way they looked, that's not really love. That's not, that's not the full, you know, shebang that's, that's just a part of it. And really like a very, very small part of it.
0: Yeah. So it's almost like when I'm hearing from what you said is like a few things, like one self-love and self-care are different. Like, I think some people may think that self-love is like acts of self-care where, mm-hmm. I mean, when you love yourself, you may, you know, like, you know, you will take care of yourself. Like that's yeah. part of it, but self-love is not really self-care per se. Mm-hmm. But then also this piece of like self-love is just more than just the body again, kind of like looking at that bigger picture and like, what are other things that fall into self-love? Like, I think like all those pieces or maybe things that people are like, okay, but like, what, what does that even look like? Like, I like, how, How?
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, I think, you know, it's, it's different for each of us. And again, like sort of what I was saying before, I think it's a lot, not more simple, but a lot smaller. It can be a lot smaller. Obviously those big loving gestures are amazing. And that's, you know, if that's meaningful to you by all means, but I think like to start off, if, if you're wanting to work on loving yourself, like zoom way in and do those like really small kind things for yourself. And I'm not talking about kind, like getting yourself a nice coffee, obviously that's kind and that's nice, but I mean, like kind and, and caring and nurturing, like, you know, sometimes it, 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 you wake up and you just feel like you're, you know, on the wrong side of the bed. Like it's just not, it doesn't feel like a good day. Like what is the smallest thing you can do to support yourself in that moment? Like what is what, maybe it's taking a shower. Maybe it's putting on your favorite song. I mean, whatever you can do to support yourself or care for yourself in the way that maybe you would care for a loved one, not necessarily like, oh, you're fine. Don't worry about that but like actually saying, okay, it's okay that I feel this way. It's okay that this is going on. What, how can I, how can I support myself from exactly where I am?
0: Yeah. I love that so much. Like It feels like a lot of it is like a lot of awareness of like mm. who we are as people and like yeah. what we need. And I think like a lot of us go through life, like maybe not knowing, maybe not knowing, like what we need and like checking yeah. in. Cause I mean, man, it's such a distracted life that we live in right now too. And mm-hmm. like all the responsibilities. So it sounds like it's a lot of like kind of coming home to ourselves and just mm. asking and like, what do I need? How can I take care of myself? And mm-hmm. getting to know ourselves quite a bit, which I think <laughs> also relates very much with like leaving diet culture. Cause I think when you do the work to leave diet culture behind, you get to know yourself a lot. <laughs> yeah, right? like, definitely. Yeah. There's like so much of the unlearning. There's so much of the understanding, the beliefs, your relationship to food, to your body, to yourself, to your mind, mm-hmm. like all of these pieces that mm-hmm. we do get to know ourselves to be able to start shifting, which is super, super cool. Yeah. And how would someone know? Um, and I don't know if you have an answer to this, but like when are we actually being authentic? Like, how do we know that like, yes, this is authentic, like love versus like maybe more performative, like the whole like fake it before you make it, like, is that kind of a thing? Like, how do we know when it's more authentic?
1: Yeah. You know, I think that I don't really have an answer for that, but what you made me sort of think of is I think it's about like, it doesn't have to be right. And it doesn't have to like, this isn't about getting it there is no right and there is no wrong. It's not about that sort of perfectionist way of thinking. It's more about like, I like to say with my clients, trial and learning, you can't fail, but you can learn. So try things, you know, it's give yourself the opportunity and maybe it doesn't feel good. And now, you know, you know? you're know, you just gathering information to get to know yourself better. Exactly like what you were saying. Like the more information you have, the more like informed decision-making you can make, you can do. And so I think that not focusing so much on getting it right, but focusing Mm -hmm. on trying, focusing on learning. And I think that's where like, it's not necessarily fake it till you make it, but it is like, it's okay if it feels weird. It's okay if it feels inauthentic, don't discount that. Don't throw it out because it doesn't feel comfy all the time. But yeah. again, like get curious and and figure out what doesn't feel good and what maybe does, or where are you letting those like judgmental thoughts creep back in, and 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 how can you how can you support yourself through that? Then you know. Yeah. No. hundred percent. And like I'm, uh, my opinion around like fake it till you make it
0: is like I think it's not a bad thing when yeah. it comes to self love because how do you make it? Like, we don't just go, like you said, it's not an on and off switch. You won't just like wake yeah. up one day, like loving yourself or loving yeah. for pieces of ourselves. But the piece of like faking it, it's not that it's not authentic, but it's that it's like, if I love myself, how would I be acting today? Yeah. Like, that's a question that I like, that was super supportive for me in the times mm-hmm. where I'm like, I'm having a really, really hard time showing up for myself. And that type of question of like, but if, if I loved myself, what would be a loving thing I would do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or if my sister felt the way I felt, what would be a loving thing I would do for her? Like it was hard yeah. to show up for me in those moments. So it can be perceived, I think as like faking it. Cause I didn't feel like I deserved that in that moment.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I think it's also what helped me get to that space of, okay, no, now this feels more natural and this feels like it's, you know, something I deserve and that I get to do for myself. So I don't think fake it till you make it as a bad thing. I don't yeah. know. That's just yeah. my my two cents on this.
1: <laughs> no, I totally agree and and again I think like it's there's no right or wrong. You know, I've had clients that have, you know, like thrived on that fake it till you make it thing. Like they started off and they were like, "Well, oh, I'm just going to try it. We'll see how it goes." And then, you know, over time it became more and more authentic. And then I've had clients that really couldn't do the whole fake it thing and and, you know, with those with those clients and with people who feel like, well, I just can't fake this. Um, I, I often encourage them to then, like, you don't have to start don't in your mind sort of switch it. It doesn't have to start with love or, you know, care or, you know, all of those things instead, like get back to the, the neutral facts, like bring it back to what is real. Because I think also a lot of times we're telling ourselves stories in our head you know, like the story that I don't deserve it. That's not, that's not true. That's just, you know, uh, a story. Yeah. A story. Sorry. I'm being so repetitive. No, a no, story that you're telling yourself. I think repetition is key.
0: Yes. <laughs> <Like> this, <laughs> this is really good. Okay. The last question that I had for you is leaving diet culture can be really, really overwhelming, especially with this piece of like, we haven't learned to love ourselves. Like we haven't learned to do that quite the opposite, actually, I think we've learned a lot to like shame ourselves and that we're never really good enough. So how can someone maybe start to do that shift in like trusting the process or trusting that they are good enough to do it so they can work towards that piece of intuitive eating when it feels really scary?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I think that going back to one of the first things I said, I think amping up your curiosity and trying to sort of turn down the volume on the judgment is really important mm-hmm. because the more you can say well, well why <laughs> you know or you know kind of pull back and say what else is possible probable and potentially true here like what else might be going on um instead of shaming yourself for feeling the way you're feeling or struggling the way you're struggling um i think that's really important also You know, you mentioned before that it's really a process of coming home to yourself. So recognizing that even though you don't know it or feel it or see it, you have what you need within yourself already. I like to think about it as like your intuition and you are just speaking different languages. And when you go to a different country and you're speaking a different language as someone, like at first it can be really stressful and feel really combative. Like like you're kind of yelling at each other in different languages, but you keep trying. And then like all of a sudden, you know, they point to their elbow and you know they're talking about their elbow. And so now you have a bridge and more and more you begin to communicate. And then eventually you have a language all your own that is completely understandable and completely um, unique and working for you. So I think like having a little bit of faith in yourself, even when it doesn't feel like you can. I love that so, so much.
0: Thank you for being here with us today. I think this was such a cool conversation to open the topic on self-love and being authentic and all of the good things. So tell us a little bit
1: more about how people can work with you or they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'm intuitively Alexandra on all social media platforms, um, mainly Instagram. That's also my website, intuitivelyalexandra.com. And I believe in the show notes, maybe Um, All right. So in the show notes, uh, I have a free Facebook community called Your Body's BFF, um, and it is just a place for people who are starting to explore this to have space and safety to explore and ask questions and really begin to dive into Self love and self care and intuitive eating from you know uh, a a really supported space Um, and so it's a nice community and and I would love to support anyone that feels like they need it in that way.
0: Uh, I love that so much. So yes, everything will be in the show notes. You can go check her out. And (laughs) let's finish with our fun questions. The first one is: What is your favorite food? Oh, I love lobster. <laughs> Ooh, fancy! I love know, it. I know. So fancy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Um, like teleportation or apparition—something to make me uh travel.
0: <laughs> yes, I love that so much. That definitely would be mine as well. Awesome. Um, and what is your favorite way to self-care? Uh, reading a good fantasy novel. Oh, I like it. And then a <laughs> question for you. What does balance mean to you?
1: Mm, this is such a good question. Um, I think, you know, in, <laughs> so when I think about balance, first of all, it goes to like my dancer mind and I'm mm. in the theater world, what's called a strong mover. I'm not like a really amazing dancer. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm okay. I can move. Um, But I think about balance is most important in the imbalance, like when you're spinning or when you have, you know, one leg up or doing a jump, that's when balance comes into play as, you know, a quote unquote dancer. Um, So to me, balance is not about having like perfect symmetry or this perfect organization, but it's more about being able to navigate the, like the ebb and flow of life, the in between, Um, So supporting yourself, supporting myself as needed in any situation. Um, So I think balance maybe is more of an act of flexibility and understanding. Ooh, that is like one of the best answers I've heard. <laughs> I I like it. I'm digging it.
0: <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was really, really awesome. And everybody who's listening, if you enjoyed this podcast, great review. Let us know what you liked about it, what you've learned about it. And thank you for being here with us.
1: Thank you so much for having
0: me, Wasn't this episode awesome? I love talking to Alexandra. I think this is such a cool conversation to, to for us to start talking about what it actually means to love ourselves, to take care of ourselves. And I hope that this maybe gave you tips and tricks and things that you can start doing to take better care of ourselves and just be slightly kinder. It's such a huge movement, right? It's such a advocacy piece to be able to actually love yourself in a society that continues to praise the thin ideal. It's such a big revolution. And I hope that you want to be part of it. And if you need any support through this, you know, I'm always here. We can connect on Instagram. So you can go follow me at the Balanced Dietitian. And I cannot wait to connect with you on that note. I hope that you have the best day and we'll see each other in the next episode. And by seeing, I mean, we'll you'll hear me talk (laughs) in the next episode. All right. See you next week.